Welcome to the Daily Cron for Monday, January 21st, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton, and today I wanted to talk a little bit about those Fire Festival documentaries that were recently released. So I watched both of them over the weekend, and uh, they're both really good, and I highly recommend them. The one on Netflix is called Fire, The Greatest Party That Never Happened, and the one on Hulu is called Fire Fraud. And they both have a lot of overlap but I think they have slightly different um, focus. So the Netflix one, I believe, focuses a little bit more on, on, on Billy McFarland as the villain, whereas the Hulu one, I think, tries to show a little bit more of the broader context of the social media marketing campaign and the influencers and the overall culture that allowed that kind of marketing campaign to to make this uh, essentially fraudulent festival explode in the way it did. Uh, but they're both worth watching because they both have some amazing, like amazing stories in them. And I don't want to spoil the best ones, but I will say the thing that struck me early on when I was watching the Hulu one, especially, was when they were talking about the marketing campaign because I think. That marketing campaign is a is is a power of social media that allowed the fire festival to happen at all. That allowed this thing to get huge, to get to get these out of whack expectations, and it also allowed it allowed them to create this like halo around the narrative of the fire festival, which drowned out all the criticism. And there was some, as pointed out in the documentary, there were people trying to point out that this is probably fraud. This is not going to happen. This is not like possible to organize something like this at this scale this quickly and and they were drowned out essentially because the marketing was just so powerful at least for the demographic that they were targeting and some of the things they did they're pretty simple if you think about it they hired a few hundred social media influencers and and what's an influencer you may ask a social media influencer if you're not aware it's uh, basically somebody who is who has a lot of followers on a social media network okay and then they are basically posting in order to kind of uh, show uh, maybe an overly polished kind of idealized lifestyle that people enjoy, you know, seeing posts about. But because they have all those followers, then they can demand uh, pretty high fees for promoted posts on these platforms. So what they did was they got, you know, a few hundred of them like on Instagram, to all court in a coordinated way post these orange, um, you know, photos. Just like orange. And with like a tag to, I guess, the Fire Festival account. Made it all mysterious and people would click on it and then they would go and see the promo video, which I'll talk about briefly in a minute because that's amazing. <clears throat> and uh, so this coordinated campaign, and the re- reason they did it this way uh, is because their marketing um, company they hired was, which I think is Jerry Media, they were like, okay, you're, you, their, their idea was you're scrolling through all these posts all the time, and you have like less than a second you know, to get someone's attention. So how do you do that? Well, n- usually the things people are scrolling by aren't this like bright orange or whatever color they have, so we'll just do that. Then you'll see all these orange blocks show up in your feed because I guess their target demographic is following all these influencers that they hired. And then you'll say, well, what the heck is this? And then you'll click on that, and then you'll, you'll be made aware of... of you know, the fire festival and then get excited about it. 
I was like, well, that's brilliant, actually. <laughs> that's really, that's like scary how effective that was. And uh, that is, that, that, that blew my mind a little bit. Because like, that's not a complicated strategy. You know, coordinated posts of a few hundred people. I mean, yeah, it costs them probably hundreds of thousands of dollars to pull off. But there are like billions of people on these social networking platforms. A couple of hundred of them managed to just generate enough buzz for a at the time like a non-existent festival like they had like nothing basically nothing built or anything and they were able to generate all this buzz and start selling tickets to this thing long before they had any realistic idea that they could pull off what they were promising and speaking of what they were promising the other thing that was amazing about this whole event marketing wise was that promo video that was you know kind of infamous now i guess but they had this amazing promo video and the one, one or both documentaries, they talk about it, and they, they have the people who are filming it or talk on them, and they're like, well, it was kind of just a giant party. <laughs> like, there wasn't a lot of direction going on. There was a lot of, um, a lot of like, a lot of demands coming from the, from the fire's uh, marketing person uh, to, you know, do all these crazy things. So, you know, they filmed all the top models from the world. That got them a lot of attention because I, I guess a lot of the top models don't all work together in the same thing often, I suppose. I mean, like, that must have been really expensive. And they are just drinking a lot, and they're on, like, the boat, and they were, like, trying to get them to swim with sharks, I think, at one point. And they went to an island of pigs, and the pigs were, like, biting people. <laughs> like, the stories from just filming that are nuts. And then they, they had this promo video. The video that comes out of it is just kind of a marvel, and, and it really demonstrates that, it, that a good video really comes together in the editing. You know, but this video was basically promising this fantasy and this fantasy experience where you, you, if you were rich enough, I guess, you know, you could be hanging with the most beautiful people in the world and the most beautiful place in the world, listening to, um, you know, music from the biggest music acts in the world and having all these unique experiences, like, I guess, running with the pigs, because that was like a big thing in the promo <laughs> discussions, apparently. But uh, they promised all this stuff that, that they were never going to be able to deliver. And uh, maybe if they had spent 18, 24 months in advance organizing it or something, but when they launched the promo campaign for it, they didn't have anything done, you know? I mean, they didn't even start building facilities until like a couple months or a few months before the event, which is ridiculous because they were doing it on an island with no infrastructure. So the documentary is going into a lot of details about all of this and how this mess happened, and it's pretty amazing. And there's a lot to just being all about. Um, and I'll say that, uh, that it seems like Billy, Billy McFarlane himself is like one of those amazing con men that, uh, was able to, to, to get people to just believe in him, even though when you look at it objectively, like some of his previous entrepreneurial endeavors and stuff, like there is no reason that you should be giving the guy so much money. <laughs> and apparently he was just running all these schemes, like, you know, at, to to stay ahead of the creditors, as it were, um, and I think he's in, he's in jail now. So, but beyond that, I mean, there was just so much craziness about the story. You have to see, and the social media things what caught me my eye originally about how you know, it didn't take very much to get a big buzz, and that's the power of social media, and it's it's amazing, and I think we're all well aware of that now, not just because of this kind of event, but because of you know the influence on the presidential election that's debated still to this day as well as you know i think we're all experienced 
social media mob mentality, you know, when different stories come out. <clears throat> so we're aware of that. But one of the other parts of the story that I don't think is maybe as well reported was that the other half of this, there's a fire app. Like, you know, like whatever you think about the fire festival, there was a, a bunch of people just working on software for a year. And then some of them kept getting pulled over to work on this festival crap. And they had a platform, which is, a, I think, a good idea. And I know that, um, I think they rebranded or someone else came in. I don't know if it's the same people or different people, but this platform kind of exists now. But the idea was just like a platform for you to be able to book famous people for stuff. Like, you go on here and you could be like, I want to I wanna book, um, you know, Ja Rule for my bar mitzvah. And you can go in there and if it, if he accepts it, you, you can have Ja Rule come to your bar mitzvah. And it's like, that's actually not a bad idea because the idea of trying to automate or simplify uh, the booking experience uh, is cool. I mean, I think, uh, you know, maybe it's a little unrealistic <laughs> to think you're going to be able to book some top talent to your birthday party or whatever. But, you know, there's lots of uh, local and smaller artists that, you know, I know personally that, you know, booking is a hassle and it would be cool if it was just a lot easier. And, uh, but, you know, I guess that wouldn't get you the VC money, though, if you're just working on making it simple for the little guys. So their focus was on, like, big names and stuff. But anyway, the software itself, like, the underlying technology, I was like, okay, why not? They didn't really go into it in the documentary, but it sounded like it was feasible. Like, I don't know if, if it ever actually made money or worked or anything, but there were apparently people working on it. And it's a real shame that, like, those people got screwed as well when the festival itself went down, because the festival itself seems like it was supposed to just be a big like a like a big uh, marketing campaign for that app and service, which kind of makes sense because, like, you know, if you're making an app that's all about booking talent and making that experience easier or more like Tinder or something, whatever it was, then, you know, why not have a big, have some kind of music festival or something where for, you know, industry insiders or the people that would, you know, need to buy into your app. And one of the documentaries, someone mentions that. I think it was someone, the lead on the software side or something, he said, Early on, they were talking about marketing stuff for the app, and like, oh, how about we have like a festival? And then Billy supposedly took it and ran with it and made it to the big fire festival thing. <clears throat> but like a smaller scale thing would have been a great marketing campaign for an app, you know? Like, you know, why not? Oh, look, we have this festival and we booked all these people. Uh, you could, you know, put together something like this more easily, you know, use our app or something like that, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, I was a little, little bummed that all those <laughs> software people who were like, you know, they're just going to work at a startup and trying to build a technology platform that presumably they believed in and then it gets screwed because the founder of the company is off defrauding people for a festival is basically just like a marketing campaign. <laughs> so the whole story is just full of, of it's full of comedy and tragedy. You know, that's a lot of tragedy in it. Be, behind the, the, f the fun time you might have making fun of rich millennials, you know, as they, they say in the, in the, in these shows, you know, there's a lot of people that got screwed bad by this whole thing. This whole ordeal lost tons of money, tons of money that they're never going to see again. And that's a like you know, people just working pe people in the the island communities that they were trying to host it on. I mean, all all kinds of companies that dealt with logistics and all, you know all the stuff. They just so many people got screwed. So it's the documentaries are great. Um, they really tackle the comedy and the tragedy of the whole fire festival event and i think it is worth watching both of them if you have a subscription already to both of them but my favorite one is the hulu one fire fraud um, but they're both great they both have amazing stories 
they both have elements that are in one but not the other. So to get a complete picture, you probably want to see or a complete picture as you can from documentaries because documentaries are not always like a hundred percent like unbiased or anything. But uh, from what I can tell, both of these documentaries are on the same page, but just slightly different emphasis on things. Uh, so I like them. Uh, they were a great watch. Highly recommend them to check them out, especially if you're not really familiar with all the details of the Fire Festival controversy like I, I wasn't. Uh, and I guess that's it for Monday. So have a good uh, evening or good day whenever you listen to this, and I will see you next time. Keep the lights low, cause it's convenient.